Hello friends, welcome back to the Close Friends podcast, the podcast where we talk about surviving, thriving and diving headfirst into life, trying to be adults and trying to have a fucking good time. This week I'm your host Sarah and I'm joined as ever by my co-host Tara. Hello friends. Oh my god, that's so good that you're not on like a fucking two week lag now. We're recording on Zoom but Tara's actually got good internet for once because she's in Ibiza. Um, and I'm also joined by Lucy. Hello. 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 As always, on real time. <laughs> nice. <laughs> always nice. Um, how are you both, please? Tara, let's start with you. You're in Ibiza. I can see a very lovely looking background behind you. Oh, man, life is good. I know I say this a lot, but I'm going to one day not come home at all, like ever. It is so mm. nice to actually have some like greenery around me like i can go outside and drink my morning coffee and it's so nice and i've got internet that works although nothing else works uh we had no water for three days and they oh are God, doing I some work that. on the it's just ridiculous so this is the, the new the latest thing is that they're doing some work on like the terrace just outside um my little house and they just removed the boiler they just decided <laughs> that i don't need it anymore so they removed it um and yeah and sam was like is there hot water and i was like i don't know i haven't showered here yet because i keep showering at you know mum's mum and dad's place um and he's like yeah there's no hot water and then he's like oh the boiler's gone so yeah that's been my life <laughs> for the last couple of days but um otherwise everything's good uh sam and his parents and family are all out here before the wedding so they can kind of like get get to grips oh. with ibiza and oh bless them they're so sweet they um they went out last night and they said they were up until one o'clock in the morning drinking sangria, like figuring out how they could sell their house in the countryside and buy somewhere in Ibiza and maybe keep like a little flat in the UK. Mm, <laughs> They've been in oh, for three nice. days. God, that'd be the dream, wouldn't it? That'd be the dream. Bless them. Ibiza Damn. does just kind of engulf you. Like if you get the vibe and you kind of and it and it and and it suits you and it fits with you, you just get so drawn in by it. And I love that mm. about this place. So yeah um yeah life is good on my end how are you lucy well we had a ray of sunshine uh today and <laughs> yesterday um so my serotonin one levels one ray so my serotonin levels have been restored for maybe a couple of days uh before they plummet um but it's been it's it's really depressing though how happy it makes all of us like we are so simple all we need is just a little bit of sunlight we're like little plants, we're thirsty and we're deprived and all we need is just a couple of rays and suddenly all of our life's problems are sorted. Um, but no, it's been lovely. It's also coinciding though with a lot of um, TikTok content this week being served to me, which is like, you should move out of the UK. You should go move to, like I'm thinking about moving to Denmark as of this week. So How though? <laughs> 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 this, this is the issue right so like my friends Shar and james have always wanted to move to ibiza and they're now mm. like well we've both got british passports and we can't fucking go to europe for more than 90 days because thank yeah. you for brexit anybody listening problem. to this podcast have voted for brexit i hope you've had a really really good word with yourself in the last few years you know what out of the out of everybody that's listened to this i bet there's not one single person that's voted no no what this is also <laughs> We don't have as many listeners as we used to either. But even yeah. still, like <laughs> no one, no one that listens to this podcast voted for Brexit. I can say that confidently. 
There's like one person listening, so it's just 50 50 at this point. Like, guys, we don't guys, know. Guys, something really, something really embarrassing happened this week. So we posted our snippet, right? <laughs> guess how many, guess how many likes we got? So we've got like 5,000 followers on Instagram. Our snippet for the podcast, last week's podcast episode, has seven likes. Seven <laughs> likes and 188 views. That's so embarrassing. We should delete Instagram our account. We should delete our account. Uh, we're selling it for 10,000, remember? We're selling oh, yeah, that's true. 10,000 GBP. GBP, yeah. He offered us $500, remember? That was the counter offer. So if we still plan to meet in the middle, we're still doing pretty well. <laughs> we're that's on like 5,250. So I'd, I'd take that at this point. I mean, you know it's good when you have more dollars being offered than likes on the page. <laughs> that's, that's how you know you turned a really good deal um, yeah I'm all right thanks I'm doing okay I uh you know when you have just a mind blank and you can't remember anything you've done in the last week and you, you just have nothing interesting to say well yeah lol that's me um <laughs> I sent Lucy a real I think one thing I want to make public on this pod to our one listener is that Lucy has a crush on two of the podcasters <gasps> don't but, tell um, them the, I won't reveal their names, but if anyone has suggestions, send them in. I know it's not what's his what's his chops. Um, fucking, I'm blanking. Tom and it's not Tom and Ali. Um, oh my god! We had a, yeah. Can I just what? say, seeing Ali tomorrow? E- what? Excuse me. Why? How? I'm seeing, I'm seeing Ali tomorrow. Why? <laughs> because. Why would you um, want to do that? <laughs> because he's booked. Um, he's booked out Leicestershire Square Theatre. And he's Aww. doing his own show. And he he sent me a DM that was like, hey, Lucy. Um, if I didn't say Lucy, it said, hey, um, I'm doing a show. Um, please bring all your friends. I would love to see you there. So I was like, oh, my God, yeah. So message the girls WhatsApp group. Like, guys, this comic's doing a show. He's really funny. Like, we should all go. So got all tickets. And I think, I think it was like a canned message because, like, I think he just messaged everyone that follows him on Instagram because I, I think everyone got the same message. Um, but still, I think I, we do love Ali and he's also smashing it at the moment. So I think um, yeah. I think it'd be good fun. Oh, I love that. Well, make sure you say hi from me. Obviously, we never got to mm. rekindle our love. However, mm. I will be back in the UK in the summer. So maybe just say something. Yes. You know. I mean, he's um, got a girlfriend, but there's time. R.I.P. R.I.P. <laughs> never mind. Don't have that conversation with them. Just fucking just over it. Never mind. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> over it. Didn't want it anyway. Wait, wait. So we're circling, circling back a minute. So who are the two guys, I'm guessing, who you have a crush on? And another, mm. What other podcasts are there? There are other podcasts mm. that exist outside of us. I wouldn't want to say publicly, but <laughs> I no. will, will tell you next week. So you have to come back and listen <laughs> next week and I'll give more of a clue. But there's two podcasters. One of them's got mm. a very long first name it's a very sort of classical sounding Mm. first name and they're very funny and lucy and i like them a lot and maybe one day we'll have to get them on the show because i mean that last episode we did with comedians was really good wasn't it really high quality (laughs) did really well my dishwasher can you hear my dishwasher oh (laughs) i'm sorry sorry. (laughs) it's going (laughs) off i have to turn it off um anyhow so Random tangents aside, we need to jump in with this week's episode. Oh my god, is it like really loud gurgling in the background? It's quite, it's quite nice. It's quite comforting. Someone, so someone actually it. did. 
Oh, there you go. That's fine. <laughs> Tara represents most of our listenership right now, so we'll just go with what she's saying. Um, also, someone wrote in to we we love you. We need to bring close friends, uh, close friend of the week back. Someone wrote in and said we love it how raw and unedited it is this time round. So with that in mind, I'm going to just carry on talking with my dishwasher going. Um, so. This week's episode, we wanted to talk a little bit about aging and the process of getting older and all the kind of expectations that come alongside that. Some stuff about appearance, some of the sort of myths and legends that you're told, particularly as women, uh, about what's going to happen to you as you get older, all of these things that we have or have not got to look forward to. I think it's worth just doing a bit of myth busting around it and also just talking about it because guess what? Life only gets better. That's our... Uh, viewpoint, our worldview on this pod. So we want to spread some of that positivity about it. So Tara, I'm going to come to you first. Um, this was your idea, this episode. So what gave you this idea and what were you thinking for it? So having read through all of the anonymous questions that we got the other week and also having put a question box up recently on my Instagram, there were a couple of questions that were quite similar about sort of oh god I'm getting older and I'm thinking about doing XYZ surgery and the one I found most interesting was somebody saying I really 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 want to have a boob job but I I'm really struggling with the idea that I don't know whether the, whether I actually want to do it for me or if it's societal pressures or if it's the male gaze like what if I'm actually not doing it for myself but I don't really know like how do I separate um, doing things for um, advancement with men versus doing things for myself and I thought that would be a really good thing to discuss the three of us because I know I have thoughts and um, I'm sure that you guys do too so who's thought about having surgery but also thought about this as, as a thing me what surgery yeah so it's the boob job one that Tara just got oh Tara's on the wine love that love that yeah, I just I'm bringing you take back a swig the, uh, the, the, the tipsy recording sessions <laughs> trashed completely trashed um yeah tara do you remember do you remember like when when we were when we were first hanging out god i was going to be like three years ago but it was like fucking seven years ago or something um i was on about i was like really talking about getting a boob job mm-hmm. um which is quite i think even for back then i was quite stuck in my ways like i don't know i wasn't really I, I was a lot less of a malleable person back then i was a lot more like oh i'm not a surgery kind of person but i still really wanted a boob job now i'm like much more open to the idea of surgery but i don't want one so i've like flipped mm, but i'm still conflicted mm. um, flipped you the so talking to my mum actually i think so i've been thinking about getting this this procedure done and um i spoke to my mum about it and like i think lots of girls our age lots of women that we know have had experience with like breast cancer and like serious illnesses to do with breast tissue and my mum just kind of pointed out to me like are you really going to have this invasive thing like this super invasive and unnecessary thing where so many women that we me and my mum know have been through like you know firsthand (laughs) uh necessary invasive stuff are you really going to do this and for what and I couldn't give her a good answer. I was kind of like, oh, just because, like, I think, like, my stomach's kind of not as flat as it used to. And if I have bigger boobs, then it will, like, balance out. And she's like, yeah, no. <laughs> like, you need, to, you need to give a better answer than that. And it really, for me, it was that comparison of, like, do you know what? Fucking hell. Maybe I need to just focus on making sure I love. I'm, I respect my body for what it has given me. The fact that I'm happy, healthy. And I don't need invasive surgery. 
I need to think about that a bit more before I make the decision too. And then when I came to, like, when I found peace with my body in terms of being like, now I love my body and I can consider surgery as a separate decision that I would totally have if I felt I wanted it. Now I'm just in a place where I'm like, no, your boobs are fine. <laughs> like, yeah, mm. I personally don't Follow want it. If question. I still felt like I had a, if I, if I felt like I still wanted to, um, if I still wanted to get it done because I still didn't feel good about it despite being secure in mm. myself, then I probably, then I would, like I don't have a problem with it. Sorry, go on Tara. Yeah, no, that was my follow-up question. Do you think that if you had gone through that process and felt more secure in your body and you still wanted a boob job, would you go through with it? Yeah, hundred percent. And and I'm yeah. also like, everyone who I have lots of discussions about this with like girlfriends here and stuff. It's like, oh, would you get Botox? Would you get filler? I'm like, fuck yeah, I get it tomorrow. I get it tomorrow. If I knew someone who <laughs> do, I've, I'm like a bit stuck in the process of um, finding like a. I don't understand the world of like aestheticians or whatever it is, like the more minor cosmetic mm. surgeries. I don't understand that world very much. So I'm a bit like, oh, I need to find someone I trust to like inject my face, but I'm totally into it. I really am into mm. it. So um, I don't think I'd be ready for like a really invasive procedure, but I definitely support more minor stuff. Um, mm. Just cause my idea is like, I want to look the best. I want to feel my best and look the best in my own eyes. And mm. that's what it is. Yeah. Well, Lisa, what's what's so interesting about that though is like you you're kind of describing semi-permanent stuff like maybe it's the is it the permanency of having surgery that feels too far because when we talk about plastic surgery or changing your appearance there's so many degrees within that mm -hmm. and I think it's all yeah. too easy to be like I'm anti-surgery or plastic surgery is this but there's so many varying degrees from like having a bit of Botox which will wear off in a few months time to getting a BBL where you know X amount of people actually die from having that procedure and I think I don't know what you guys think about this but being a woman I feel like you're consistently trapped within the cycle of feeling like you have to meet these beauty standards but then if you strive for that you're then perpetuating the beauty standard so then you get shamed mm. by others for continuing the cycle which I guess is a valid point it is true but then you're also shamed either way and do you know what's funny I I don't know if you guys have seen the um Instagram account celeb face where this person yeah and I always feel so conflicted because on the one hand they point out procedures people have had done in before and after pictures but then they well but then in doing that they're also kind of shaming women for doing it too and it creates this horrible sh shame cycle of putting the pressure on women to look hot but when they, they don't look hot they're like mm, no sorry Can you explain what it is for a second just for everybody else yeah, so Celeb Face, I think that's the Instagram name. They will highlight when someone has photoshopped an image, like a celebrity, maybe they've gone to an award show and they've got a Getty professional image and they posted an image on their Instagram and they'll do a comparison of like little ad edits that they've done to the original photo. And they'll also go as far to post Bella Hadid's nose before she had surgery versus Bella Hadid's nose after she's had surgery and the comments will always just be a, a huge thread of women criti criticizing their appearance and, and whatnot so 
Um, when I first found that page though, years ago, I was like, oh my God, this is so good. It's like highlighting Photoshop. But now I think my viewpoint has changed because we're all in this together. Like we're all facing this pressure together as women. And I don't think there is a clean cut answer to say you can be for or against it. I think there's different layers to it. It's like, it's good to know that this exists and it's good to know that people have this. So you're not trying to meet unrealistic things where people have had surgery and that's not how they actually look. But then, so there's an added dimension to this. And this is actually something my dad said to me yesterday. I've got lots of lots of snippets of mum and dad chat from last night, which is just excellent, like blew my mind a little bit. So dad said to me, he was like, yeah, but aren't, there are men out there who actually now want women to look more natural and they don't want that vibe and they say so you've got the male gaze coming into you that's so ingrained to you where you think I need to look perfect but actually so many men are now turning around and saying we don't even want you to wear makeup we just want you to be au naturel yada yada I mean yeah first of all oh. they don't know what au naturel is okay <laughs> we know this right but like there is like that the sort of you know, the, the plastic surgery look of like everything being a bit perfect and the pointy nose and the pointy chin and whatever, like that actually is becoming less attractive to a lot of people. And it's like, how do you sort of like make that? And that I think that's causing even more like stir on socials at the moment where like you have comments like that underneath being mm. like, oh my God, I can't believe she did that. But then other people saying that's actually not pretty anymore. That's actually really ugly. We just want everyone to look natural. Like, why are you even doing this to yourself? It's yeah, vicious. but <laughs> it's okay. People want people to look natural if you naturally look like Kendall yeah. Jenner. Yes, like, yeah. And don't you just yeah. love those TikToks that are like? There's mm-hmm. some really funny TikToks from MUA. Yeah. <laughs> I've been watching Glow Up. They call them MUAs, makeup artists. Yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm in the industry now. Um, <laughs> MUAs. They they're doing. They're like me spending an hour doing my in inverted commas natural makeup for my boyfriend, and it's like. You, you're, it is right, like to get a really natural look that people talk about being like, oh, I don't like the really heavily made up, like mm. 2010s Kardashian smoky <clears throat> eye, and they want like natural. It's like not really natural. And it's the same mm. for surgery. It's like, well, you know, if you look, if you're naturally fitting into that natural beauty standard, then great, but most people don't. Um, so yeah. that even adds pressure because now it's like you also face the the whole like um, what's the I don't know like the the vibe where people are like oh when you go to bed with a woman and you wake up and she well, hasn't got yeah. her makeup on and she looks like a different person which I fucking hate by the way it's like so much. oh it's don't gross. take her swimming gonna, you want yeah and it's like oh you want a woman who dresses up nicely do you remember when we're talking about this the fucking toxic masculinity conversation and it was like oh Leia dress out on her bed for her and she gets ready for me and she she dresses up for me and wears her nice makeup and then you're like eh bitch don't wear makeup you're like a different person which what do you fucking want <laughs> what do you mm. want from us <laughs> I hate that. I hate that whole natural trend. It's like, you really want to see me natural? You want to see me natural? Like, with my hair scraped back and, like, my spots and, like, wonky eyebrows? No, I don't think so. I always come back to the main thing to be aware. I I always have the same conclusion with these conversations. It's like, you're aware, be aware, read up on it, understand the male gaze, understand the the problems that occur when you perpetuate those beauty standards yourself Mm. directly but then also give yourself a break 
if you want to conform to it. What I struggle with as well is these chats are often led where people are like anti-surgery or anti-tweakments or anti-Botox or whatever. A lot of the people who will be within that will fall within the kind of Western um, beauty standards already naturally. So it's really easy for a conventionally attractive person to be like, you don't need a nose job and you don't need this and embrace your natural beauty. But also if you're saying that to someone who maybe doesn't fall within that and can't walk down the street without someone, you know, making fun of their size and experiencing fat phobia on a daily basis and, you know, being called names when they go into school or whatever, like there's no black or white answer to this. And I do get a bit frustrated when I see that sometimes of like, embrace your natural beauty and it's like oh it's really hard though when you don't meet those standards which are just always looming over us as women yeah well I think sorry Sarah I think what you said is really important though I think doing the work on yourself to understand you know and to Mm. kind of to 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 love yourself a little bit more and to be a little bit more sort of self-confident without doing anything drastic to yourself and just sort of accepting yourself for how you look and and that that's really really important and then the decision after that will be much it will be a better decision that you can trust a little bit more i think but i don't think you can ever get rid of societal pressures and the male gaze from a decision like this it's so ingrained in us from the time that we are kids and teenagers we've got to look good we've got to look this we see the magazines the billboards the posters everything's edited everyone's having surgery like we how are we ever supposed to get away from that also you can't even think in that way because I am happy when I think I look a certain way which meets the male gaze when I put makeup on I feel happy in myself and I think that is an act for me but in truth it's only really an act for me because it's been made to feel like an act for me but it's always also within the kind of oh like it's so it's actually really I don't think you can actually have an original opinion or thought on it because it's just the way the world is I hear that, and I want to. I, I want to come back to a point you were making about the beauty standards and the natural beauty standards and that kind of thing. Because here we want to focus a little bit more on aging, and it's mm-hmm. like we're talking as three women in our twenties, early thirties, right? So for us, it's like, oh, we can talk about having a tweak here and there, a bit of Botox, whatever, because we're not under this immense extra pressure from society to also look young. So mm-hmm. like if we were three older women right now, this conversation would be even more extreme, I guess. Could we be like, yeah, we have all of those pressures we've just dis- discussed, but also we are constantly being made to, to look like, feel like we need to look younger. So like, yes. how do you think age plays into this? How do you, well, that is such a great point Sarah because I often think about this with skincare why is every single element of my skincare routine is all centered around anti-aging it's removing fine lines yeah and that is that's the case and that is even the case for 20 year old girls who are being told to wear SPF obviously it's great to wear SPF every day to protect your skin and keep it healthy but because if you don't wear SPF, you will get wrinkles when you're older. And that is the narrative. And I think there is a real push on skincare. It's not really about your skin health. It's really just oh about God, removing yeah. all signs of aging. Dude, um, I'm sorry, I, I want to jump on this and just say, you're so right. Literally, I, I have these skincare products that I don't understand. 
and I'm thinking, <laughs> why do I actually use them more? You're fu- you're right. You are exactly right. It's just because I'm like, I don't really know what I'm doing now. But if I don't do it now, future me is going to be really annoyed with myself because mm. I'll look old. What about if we just didn't care about looking old? Mm. <laughs> I wouldn't be doing any of it. I actually think my I face have... looks better when I've got a little bit of a little bit of sun glow, you know. But I wear. I mean, I still think you should wear SPF. But you know what I'm saying. I... I have an antidote to this, actually. So what I've started doing, because I I don't understand this, right? I've never in my life considered even having Botox or anything like that. But I know that I fit conventional beauty standards. I have a few lines on my forehead, but I don't give a fuck, right? Maybe in five years' time when they get more severe or something, I'll maybe... And I'm waiting for that day where I actually have to have this conversation with myself. But what I have fallen into on TikTok, which I love so much, is these older women who are like in their 50s to 70s who are just themselves and they're natural and they've got all the wrinkles and they've got all the tattoos with the wrinkles and they Mm. are just the most fabulous human beings ever Mm. and I'm watching this and I'm like I want to be like you you're tanned you've obviously got like you've obviously spent so many hours in the skin without SPF on and you look like it you look like you're kind of leathery right now but actually I think you're fit (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I'm here no. for it and I'm okay like you know looking like that and wanting to sort of be you like whatever I'm sort of going down the hippie route a little bit of like who fucking gives a shit <laughs> I mean you know obviously you need to stay safe right SP we're not having a discussion about I'm, I refuse to go down the oh let don't cancel us <laughs> saying don't wear SPF like if you're gonna cancel us <laughs> for that go go back and listen to this I occasionally don't wear SPF if you want that sue me <laughs> Fucking no one listens anyway. Um, I want to say, Tara, the importance the importance of older role models where you can look to them and be like, oh, mm-hmm. wow, life didn't end for them at 35. They, they Ugh, look fucking yes. great. I love this style, like the style accounts on TikTok from like 50, 60, 70 year old women. Yes. Um, but I wanted to say, um, as much as I think Emily in Paris is a terribly written <gasps> show, um, however, I do still watch it. I do still binge watch it every year that it comes out. Um, the what's her face? Celine? Is it Celine? Philippine. Philippine du Bois-Beaulieu. She's. Oh what's my her god! What's the name of the show? Uh, Sylvie. But like. Sylvie. Oh that my was god! It. She is the fittest human being in yep. the entire world. In the entire She's, world. If, but, if you haven't yeah. seen it, just Google her. Like, or just or just watch a few clips of the show. She's this actress right. slash character Philippine. in the show who is like, I don't know how old she's meant to be in it, somewhere between 50 and 60 maybe. And she just, for me, she changed the game. She's so fucking, she's the coolest yeah. person in the show. Like way cooler than the young fucking Gen Z millennial people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, hi Stan. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, he's Hello, on the mic. Stan. He's on the mic. <laughs> Stan. I, I actually think I know who you mean. I haven't, I haven't watched Emily in Paris because I'm sorry, I, I can't get past it. I can't get past the cringe. And I know that, people enjoy it and it's just like a shit watch but I think I do know who you mean and she I think there was like a BuzzFeed article or something about her because in one episode she was in like a bikini or something and they were talking oh, about yeah yeah like a role role models older women but yeah you, you don't I guess for me I don't have loads of women in my life beyond my mum mm-hmm really I mean just my mum and her friends I don't have any older women in my life who I can look at as role models yeah or I, I don't really have any friends who are in their 40s 50s so it's really you sometimes forget what that looks like because that's after 30 especially in entertainment as a woman it's like oh no put let's put you in the back there let's file you away um but yeah I love that 
So I, w- this I wanted to say something, but oh, oh, I'm sorry. You lost no, it. It's all right. Let I'm on the, I'm on the lag. I'm on the lag because of the dishwasher. I have to mute myself. You carry on, Tara. <laughs> so this actress that we're talking about, she is 59 and she's French and she's amazing. I mean, but the thing is, like, I'm sure that she's had a little bit of surgery here and there, but she still looks like a very beautiful older woman that isn't like perfect if you see what i mean like i, I mean it's it's a, it's a really interesting one because if you said that if you said that to my mom if you said i want to look like her she'd be like you know she's had xyz and you know abc done right and i'd be like well yeah okay <laughs> i don't know it's a really difficult one do you know what as well i think in the same way that when you turn 30 that you get really annoyed when people are like, oh my God, you're 30. I can't believe you're 30. And I guess that happens at every single age, that. really. You know, when you're 40, I, my mum's uh, 64 and I'm sure like she gets frustrated as well. And people are like, oh my God, I can't believe you're 64. And it's like, well, yeah, because oh, when women, we just expect women to look old for some reason. We always expect to look wrinkled at a certain age. And I think our, our perception of what people look like when they're older is so distorted because our generation like when we think about our grandparents life has changed so much since then and even down to like hairstyles I don't know if you look back at like hairstyles from the 80s that women would have when they were you know 30 like short bobs and perms and the way they dress is so different it's like it's not going to be that way for us because life has changed so dramatically we're going to have tattoos we're going to be wearing different outfits we're not going to be just getting the classic little like little bob the little like silver bob we're not gonna be having that so life will look very different wavy hair extension balayages and then all of the like (laughs) kids will go back to the bob we're gonna be walking around like these millennials just old (laughs) asos little crop tops and by the time Gen Gen, I don't know what the hell we're gonna do after Gen Z. Maybe we're gonna go back around ABC. So Gen 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 C are gonna be like, ew, you guys look like such millennials at age eighty five, and we're gonna think we look hot. So it's gonna be fine. <laughs> we will look hot though. We will look Stop. hot. Exactly. Don't be getting. We'll look hot. Dick. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, can, I was gonna say, can we can we ban that fucking phrase? Oh, you look so good for insert number here, dude. Yes. I was getting that. I was getting mm-hmm. that. I was getting that at like 22. It just, it's literally a function of who you hang out with. If you hang out with 19 year olds when you're 22, they're like, no way. Like you're three years old, what the hell? Like you look like one of us. Now I'm 29 and I love everyone here, but because I'm in academia, I mostly hang out with people who are between like one and four years younger than me. And they're all wonderful, but occasionally I'll come across someone at a party or something. They're like, no way, you're 29. No yeah, way. you didn't look like that. You don't look. You don't dress like that. I'm like, oh, shut up, <laughs> shut it's up. It's so not annoying. a fucking compliment. It's not a compliment. Mm-hmm. You're just. It's like a backhander. Better to so just be annoying. like, it's not even like age is not even something to comment on. Just so don't comment think, on it. <laughs> yeah, and the best way to to stop that is by having friends of different ages. I think I've sort of like there's so much to be said about having yeah, older yeah. friends, younger friends and everyone in between because you would never like the reason that they're saying those things to you is because they don't hang out with people your age, right? So they have no exactly. idea. If they once they have you as a friend, then they will not say that to other people, right? So mm-hmm. ages when you get to you get to your late teens like early 20s age is nothing anymore you can have friends of all ages and it's so rewarding i find it's my favorite thing about my group of friends actually how diverse they are in age and i'm thankful for it all the time i love it 
What are the yeah, ages really, of your really good model? <laughs> a, good, a good friendship model. Good model. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, you did a story a couple of days ago, which was show, showing all your friends together in a group. What age? Just for people listening, in case they didn't see, what ages are your friends? Oh, this is fun. Okay, right. So, what, who I consider like my closest friends? You guys who are my age, and then I've got like Alice and Annie who are like my age as well. And Shah, so Shah's twenty. No, Shah, sorry, she's thirty-four. I think she's thirty-five this year. Uh, then I've got Jason and Lauren who are like turning 50 both of them this year and they're my bestie besties uh, Will just turned 40 Jane just turned 51 I think like I'll consider all of these people like my bestest closest mm. friends and Sam is 38 this year his sister mm. Tanya is 40 like they're all they're all over the shop. I actually Wait, feel like maybe younger? even like once in my life. Yeah, younger. What about younger see, Tara? younger. Yeah, younger. I don't have. Um, I've got. I got you. I got you. Together, we span all. Yeah, by like three three months. Um, Alice is a little bit younger than me. I think mm. she's like a couple of years younger than me. Yeah. I would say. I would say Shia. So at uh, Tara's oh, Shia. brother. Yeah. Oh my God. I just nearly called him your sister. That's so funny. That's so funny. I don't know why. Sorry. I don't know why. Um, so actually the, the, the three of us, me, Tara and Adam, we've, we've all traveled together a lot. He's like my little brother as well. We give him a lot of shit. So it's really funny. Um, but he's younger. He's what? Three years younger, Tara? Yeah, he's 25. He he 26. is our exposure to, to Gen Z. Like, actually, and also you spend a lot of time with his friends as well through various, mm-hmm. like, family mm-hmm. stuff. So I think I think that's your exposure to, like, younger. So, yeah, you really have got, like, a, a, a big span of generations and it really pays off because you're very worldly and very wise. And I like mm-hmm. that. Also, when all of your friends are a similar age, and I will put myself in that, a lot of my friends are similar age to me. They're even their late 20s, early 30s when people reach those certain milestones of oh, this is the age where people start getting engaged or start having babies or getting married when you have a diverse friendship group of different ages you've got so many examples of just way to, ways to do life like ways yeah. and and different paths that you could follow and role models within that because when you're all the same age and living in london you're all kind of living like such a very similar life path and it feels even more stressful because you have so many similarities when certain friends are maybe getting engaged or doing those things, having kids. It feels more stressful because you're like, I'm the only one. Whereas if you've got a friend who's 50 and didn't decide to have kids, it's like, great. I can can see and visualize that very clearly that if that's me, that's also fine. That's such Mm -hmm. a good point. That's such a good point. It's like the um, pressure is off. Because if you are mm. literally, this is when age becomes a thing. Because I want to, I think we wanted to talk a little bit about Lucy. You called it the ticking time bomb of fertility. Mm. Um, how much of a, how much of a, you know, thing that really is for us as women, and how much of it is just like pressure. But like, it's true when you're all the same. This is how these pressures get tied to age. Is because when the people you're comparing yourself against are the same age as you that's the main thing you have in common. Like you came up through school together, you're from like similar backgrounds at the same age, then yeah, you are gonna question why they have hit those milestones before you or after you or whatever. Cause it's just natural. You're literally looking around at the same people. Um, whereas if you have a friendship group that's like someone's 19, someone's 50, you're seeing every stage of that. And you're not gonna be like, oh my God, I need to get engaged because my 50 year old friend has been married for 
20 years like, that <laughs> yeah. Sense, it? like yeah I really like that um so let's let's come on to fertility a little bit as well and I, I want to start this conversation because um I remember it was something my therapist said to me back in England when I first started having therapy um I she was trying to work out why I was so burnt out at work and I was like I need to hit these career goals by by the time I'm this and I need to make sure I get promoted and she was like but why and I was like because I want to be successful and she was like no 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 but but why and I was like well I always said I'd have a child by 28 and I always thought I'd be married by 25 by the way I'm 29 and I have neither of those things um and she's like but why and I'm like well because I know I'm not going to be fertile forever and I need to like start worrying about this and she was like look it all actually comes down to this weird time pressure you're putting on yourself for something you don't fully understand so like do either of you and Tara I know you're very vocal about not wanting children but do either of you relate to this Mm, I I really do and I think I am someone who the more I think about whether I want children or not I do want a family I do want a family and but I don't want a kid now yeah so it's a weird position to be in I want a family when I'm in my 50s, 60s onwards, but I don't want to have a baby right now. And I think a lot of that though, is that I'm not with someone to have a, like, you know, if, you're, if you've got a long-term partner who you've, you know, you've known for five years and you're really in love and you've got a great setup to have a kid, I think it's so much easier to be like, yeah, I'll have a kid. But if you don't have that length of time with someone or, or in that financial position or whatever it is, there's so many more barriers that you have to think of and I I don't mean this in a negative way but I think there are a lot of people who glamorize having kids getting married getting engaged as this thing which is like desirable and it's going to make you happy but I know so many people who have um well I mean I actually don't all my friends are very happy in relationships but you 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 know that there are a lot of people who are very unhappy after doing those things having kids doesn't make you happy getting engaged doesn't make you happy getting married doesn't make you happy so happiness really when you zoom out of all of this bullshit really to have a happy life is the goal so it's so weird when you dig in and realize we have these weird milestones which are like the key to happiness and we need to tick them off to like reach this end goal of happiness and a happy fulfilled life but we know they don't actually equate to happiness so why are we chasing them surely we should be chasing a happy uh, do you know what i'm saying like i yes a hundred yeah do. and happiness comes from making conscious decisions that are specific to you that you think are going to make you happy the problem mm. arises when we end up on a path that we think is the right path that we think is going to make us happy when actually we've done no work to understand whether or not that's going to make us happy and this oh god i'll say this a fucking million times i'll die on this hill right this is what feminism is about it's to have the fucking choice to do what makes us happy and to empower women to 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 have that and to to make that choice Mm. for themselves and there's lots of people going back on this now and saying oh you know feminism actually has pushed pushed too many people into working and then they're really unhappy because then they end up missing out on the the window of you know the life where they can be spending time looking for a partner and then having kids whereas that's not what feminism is about at all that's not what life is about all life is about Mm. making conscious decisions that you that you think are gonna make you happy and having that sort of time with yourself and that self-awareness to understand 
what that is and i feel i feel really you know what and it goes either way right it goes for career women and and relationship and babies women and every people people fuck the word women in this people right like if you if you end up on a path that's not the right one for you you're not gonna be happy are you i don't know it's i find it really sad and then people get all convoluted and they blame people and they blame society and they blame xyz and I think we're really lucky to be in a generation where we do have these choices and we've got therapy and we've got friends and we can talk about this kind of stuff now and it's really powerful and it's really important. Mm. Yeah, and and the the fact that you know that you want a family is really powerful and because obviously you've thought about that for how long, right? Mm. You know, it's weird. I've always just, I don't like planning ahead, but the reason why I have thought about it is because of this pressure, right? You know, to be like, you need to decide now because then if you want it, then you need to start putting the things in process. And, you know, I've thought about it more now purely because of the pressure, but I also don't like setting these expectations on what my life should or should not turn out like because... Firstly, I don't have a clue and I'm very much a kind of in the moment kind of person anyway. I don't like over planning what I'm doing for my next year, two years, three years, five years, whatever. But if you have this really solid idea, I think you're just going to be disappointed because life doesn't work out like that. And I know it sounds really morbid, but I often just think like, you don't know if you're going to be around till you're 60. Like, hopefully, like, hopefully you will if you're lucky. But I don't know. I, I think to like... Obviously, my parents are older now and I think about all the health issues that my mum had last year and I'm just like, fucking hell, like, she's been through it and she's been through it for years now and I'm like, thank God she's still here. A lot of people don't make it and I remember some some guy that I knew from years ago from Nottingham, he really sadly passed away, not to get too morbid, gal, but like, he, he really sadly passed away recently and me and my, my friends from Nottingham were talking about it and we were like, God, this is so, this is so scary. It's so strange because he's so young, but this happens all the time. And I think if you have this super set out planned route, you're kind of just expecting that it's going to happen. And I don't know, life is, it just yeah. doesn't work out like that. No, I think you're totally spot on. Also, remember the average life expectancy, like what, even 300 years ago is probably like fucking 40. Um, mm-hmm. And modern medicine yeah. like is able to, for those of us who, who can make it to the end, it's able to prolong that. And now that means we have a bit more choice in like what happens and we yeah. do have a bit more time. But having said that, like fertility doesn't scale that way. So even though life expectancy can be prolonged, like fertility is a real thing. I don't want to minimize that. Like, yeah. you know, it does have, uh, it does have, I don't want to say an expiry date, but I, don't, I, I can't think of a better way to put it. It does, but I think the problem is that we are like absolutely pressured and forced to worry about that expiry date as if it's like looming over us the entire time we're young women. And it's depressing. But also, like, what are you going to do? Are you going to put your life on pause to try and find the perfect person to go and have a kid before you, yeah. the, you know, whilst you can? Like, it's what people the, do. The real, it's literally the, the, what people the question, do. The question is, settle. would you rather... Would you would you rather settle and have a kid with someone who's subpar just to have a kid, or would you rather your life take you take it in that direction? Would you basically would you be happier with a kid with someone you've settled with, or without a kid and uh, on a life path that you've chosen well, for yourself that you're super happy with? Like how? And I, I can't have, answer that because so, I don't want kids. I would never yeah, also, want you to are settle. Coupling, no, this is important. Hold on, you're coupling 
having a child with having the perfect partner to have that child and actually there's many women in the world who want the child and actually don't true. care <laughs> yeah that's true and that's true. Do that, right you know, one of our close friends that you guys know um that shan't be named but someone very very close to me and very dear to us um recently got their eggs frozen um mm-hmm. for that exact reason like you know wants to definitely wants a family has known always that she wants that um and with you know without going into loads of details it's like well i want to be able to provide that for myself without having to be dependent on finding that perfect person so it's almost like Mm -hmm. she's so smart in removing the pressure of being like Mm -hmm. gotta find and she you know she's like gotta find the perfect man she's straight so it's almost like removing that pressure of being like oh need the perfect fairy tale relationship but still being able to get that thing that you want at the mm-hmm. end, which is the family. Mm. And um, she's, you know, super successful, would be able to raise a child very well um, herself with her support structure, that kind of thing. So it's, it's I think it's really important to decouple those two. Mm. Um, yeah, you're right. And like, okay, so, and yeah. Yeah, you go for it. No, I'm, I'm still thinking like you, you kind of have to, uh, you know what, maybe you don't have to operate your life to do that, right? I mean, yeah, we have all the options now. I mean, that removes the ticking time bomb stupidness right (laughs) yeah and you have to have the means to be able to do that and sometimes like girlies if that's interesting to you look at your health insurance with your job maybe Mm. like it's a very fortunate position to be in to be able to do that but like she fucking worked for it she worked for it so it's not like it's not like oh i'm just i don't know lol i'm just gonna do it it's like she's Mm. i respect it so much it's such a wise thing to do um, mm. But the the thing I was going to say is about so so that's one way of looking at it. But I think all three of us are doing that thing where we all we all agree too much on this, which is like none mm. of us are ever going to settle for. Like I, I feel like our what we want in a partner outweighs the wanting of a child, and I'm exactly yeah. like that. Like I I do definitely want to get married. I definitely want to find like you know the the love of my life. But I each day that goes by i i expected myself to grow in certainty about having a child and actually i've gone the opposite way i've just grown in uncertainty um especially the more i see these role models of people like tara's friends like people in the media who are now older women who are fucking thriving without having a family do you remember that tiktok that went round that really pissed off the republicans in america what's her name oh, yeah chelsea chelsea, chelsea? chelsea Handler. yeah oh yeah yeah what she did that she did this tiktok look it up um i don't know what <laughs> yeah and like, it was like well she was I don't know enough about and then her, but yeah. the clap back was that she's a, a deeply unlikable woman woman that will never find happiness and it's like <sighs> she was fucking thriving <laughs> it's so funny because it's just so transparent these men are quaking mm-hmm. they have no idea how to live life without women and without families because that's literally they're like only fucking goal and here we are thriving mm. without them and without the family that they can provide for us it's just such bullshit it's hilarious mm. it's hilarious what's the the statistic that rena brought up where <laughs> the happiest subsection of society yeah. are unmarried you know women with kids yeah so so there is research to suggest that the happiest subsection of of people in the world are women who are unmarried and without children but that mm. there's so many caveats to it the biggest caveat is that most men, when they get married, they then have somebody to do the, all of their house labor and child labor for free, right? Which is probably still, for the most part, true, but in societies like ours, where we're, you know, 
we're finding men that we actually want to be with, we're hopefully setting standards that are a little bit higher than that now. We're not settling for men where we're going to do all their fucking housework for them, right? So Mm -hmm. there's, you know, like if I turned around to Sam and I said, you know, I'd be happier without you, he'd be like, no, you fucking wouldn't. And he's right, because I wouldn't, because he, you know, we we enhance our lives together. And so Mm -hmm. it's not blanket statement true, obviously, but entering into, so now with like the cost of living crisis and all the rest of it, right? If you're entering into a relationship with a man, and you're probably still going to have to work even if you have kids and you're most likely but even so in the first if you're breastfeeding in the first year that your baby is born you're still going to have to be the further primary caretaker of that child and that is a very mm. difficult cycle to break if mm. you're then going to try and do 50 yeah. 50 it just doesn't work how does that work yeah mm. great point i think a lot of this, that statistic though is based on traditional setups of mm-hmm. of marriage yeah. i think if we think about you and sam i mean you're not really following tradition in any sort of sense of the word i guess you have like certain elements that you're following it's going to be law abiding whatever but i think um that is not the case for most people and a lot of marriage setups sadly are where the woman is doing all the chores and she is doing all the kind of labor around the house emotional labor physical labor and I don't know. I, I, I do think though we are in a, a turning point, like the women our age who are, yeah, we're, we're experiencing that turning point. So I think a lot of what we've heard and what we've experienced and what we've had before is we're in a time of change and it's not gonna be the case when we turn 50 or 60 or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I'd be really interested to know if that does change and maybe, yeah. you know, women who are married and have kids and, you know, there's a fairer balance between two people in the relationship maybe it means that there's less of a disparity um between happiness and that in that side i saw this amazing tiktok i feel like this is a good time to bring this up now where this man was saying um hey guys i've been married for 10 years and i never have sex with my wife anymore i really want to hear peep from people who are married for the same time as me and like who are still having lots and lots of sex in their marriage and this woman stitched it and she said the reason that i'm having a lot of sex in my marriage is because he enjoys doing the chores. He does, you know, he, do, he doesn't do stuff just because he wants to fuck me. He actually does stuff because he likes it. <laughs> he takes the kids to school. He will, you know, actually put stuff away. He asks me how my day was, but doesn't just not fucking care. He actually like takes full part in what I'm doing in my day-to-day life. He treats me like a human being. He respects me, this, that, and the other, like simple fucking basic shit, basic shit. And I just thought this is actually really powerful because it is the stuff that like, is so misunderstood i think now in society sorry i know it's a bit of a tangent but no it's it's just it's not stuck with me as as you were talking i was thinking well those are all the responsibilities which you would never expect to have when you first start dating someone which is probably when you're going to be having the most sex or the sex is the most exciting you don't have any of those responsibilities because you're just someone that's to start dating that person so that makes total sense when you remove all of those expectations as the woman i mean it's not hard being a mother to a man mm. it's not hot <laughs> it's not hot so oh sound bite. <laughs> that sound bite oh i'm just gonna have that as my ringtone yeah <laughs> like, t-shirts close friends oh, it's not my hot alarm being a mother to a man if you oh, want yes, to be a man if you want to be a man in a relationship with a woman and you want to have lots of sex don't ask her to be your mother that's it <laughs> That's the key. We should do oh fuck, sorry, I just hit the microphone. We should do a whole episode on um sex drive. I think we, that'd be a really good one. Mm, um I like that. Guys, I 
sorry, I just <laughs> my dishwasher's finally done. Um, Woo. I want to say let's let's do our little let's do our quick fire round. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, let's do that uh, to round out this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so, can you think of a question that you would like to ask? Everyone gets like one minute. I also need to think of one. Tara, have you got one? You look like you might have one. Um, I can always come up with some shite. Okay, uh, I've got something. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes. Okay. Yeah, Lucy, I'm, I've got something. Uh, you do it and count us in. Um, okay, I... Oh, even... I was a bit of a shit question. Should I just say it, though? Fuck it. Yeah, I should say it. Say it. Yeah, okay, I was just going to... This podcast has gone to the floor, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I... We're <laughs> tea listeners. Um, I want to know, even despite knowing that women are trapped in this cycle of feeling the need to meet all these beauty centers, do you judge women who have visible surgery? Is your first instinct, like, negative rather than positive? Three, two, one yes yeah but the speed okay sorry well no, we'll sorry. dissect we're not allowed to talk about it yet we'll dissect it later okay right yeah um i've got one i've got one. Oh. would you marry someone who already has a child in a previous relationship three two one yes yes love it love it okay Sarah. mine is with everything we've said about life just gets better, doesn't matter if you're going to look older, etc. Do you actually look forward to being old? Three, two, one. No. Sorry, repeat the question. <laughs> Tara! <laughs> Sorry. Uh, do you go, look go. forward to being old? Three, yes. two, one. Yes, 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 I do. I do. Ooh so okay. much lucy okay yeah it's, it's interesting you both said that you do judge women on first look if someone has visible plastic surgery your immediate first thought is still one that is negative rather than neutral <laughs> or positive <laughs> oh yeah and i think the thing is i think i think that with this right it's the dissecting and understanding that that's what you have first thought and that's what yeah. you were thinking that's important it's not yeah. the actual like obviously we're going to think what we think right but then dissecting that thought and being like oh it's because xyz then you know that's yeah. that's important right? i've had to like train a reflex it's like with every bias that you get born with or like you grow up with you have to train a reflex to be like um mm. i'm gonna i'll still I'll, my knee-jerk reaction is to think those things but the speed at which i dissect them observe them and backtrack on them is becoming a lot quicker so i'm still in that process of unpicking like yeah i can see someone's had surgery but um now my reaction is like oh surgery and then it's like ah but that's i love that for them like that was their yeah choice, good for them you know like yeah exactly um mm. okay nice tara your question <coughs> yeah mm. Yeah. What, um, what, what, what was it again? I, yeah, we can't remember it. That's why we're looking at you. <laughs> Wait, one second. <laughs> what are you Tara, doing? Tara's off. No, I'm, yeah, no, no, no. I'll tell, I'll tell you what's happening after this. Um, no, my question what was: Would you doing? marry somebody who has a, um, a child with a with a with a previous partner? And you both said yes, which I think is amazing because yeah. I would also say yes. But 
Yeah. Fuck me is it probably complicated, but I would I don't know. absolutely... Well, I've got, you have to be respectful. Obviously, there's a child involved. You can't just like be as irresponsible as you would be if you were just the two of you dating. But um, I've seen friends who've done it. And as I've got older, I'm like, no, it's as, you can make this work. If you really want it, you can make that work. And I would totally be open to that. Also, Also, I'm thinking, sorry, you you don't have to birth the child. Excellent. Exactly. Fucking gimme. Great. You can literally be like cool stepmom. Stepmom. But you then have to ferry the child back and forth to ex mum. Well, mum. <laughs> right? That's kind of She's mine now. Do you know what I mean? Well, I, I like think. You don't have if, to look after it all the time. That's great. <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I agree. I actually, I fully 100% agree with you. And the reason I say yes as well is if they're my partner, right, I pick them because, and I'm not settling, then I had picked them because I love them and they're a great person. So they would, mm-hmm. that the, the situation, it wouldn't be like a hellish situation because I wouldn't be with someone who would make it hellish. Um, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Um, nice. yeah. What was the what was the third question? It's best if you just don't try and remember it. <laughs> and I just try and see if I wrote it down in my little notepad. Uh, I actually I made did. you repeat oh. it, didn't I? You did. You just fucked off. Just oh left, oh, left getting older. It's it's. Yeah. Are you excited about getting older? Yes, I am. I yes. Yeah, Lucy said no. <laughs> sorry. Um, really. It. it happened oh, shit, on sorry. the part of the podcast where you left. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. I. Was, uh, yeah, uh, yeah sorry why did you sorry why did you say yes I mean I know why you yeah. said yes but because because I'm gonna live on a vineyard with loads of dogs and loads of money and loads of wine and a husband <laughs> who fucking loves me and who's epic and who I love a lot and it's gonna yeah. be fucking fun we're gonna have zero responsibilities because we're done with life we're done working we're done doing all the hard shit we're just gonna chill the fuck out and have a really nice time and nothing about that sounds shit you've got certainty in your mind of what your future looks like whereas for me manifesting it (laughs) (laughs) i don't have that when i think about when i'm 60 i'm not thinking what am i doing where am i i'm like my joints are going to be sore and i don't like that's what i'm thinking of that my perception of being old i'm like when i'm 70 it's gonna be really like my hips are gonna hurt like that's what i'm thinking when i get older um, yeah, but you might not have anxiety and you might, you know, you're trading, you're trading stuff in, aren't you? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you might, you might I might happy. not have anxiety. You might be actually happy. Um, well, that, yeah, I mean, also, it is also um, a well-known fact that your anxiety levels do reduce once you hit the age of 60 onwards. But um, there's many reasons for that. But I will say, um, yeah, I guess when I, when I think about being old, I am drawn to poor health not have you know ha- yes yeah, it's, it's the illness thing but I think that's just a, a indication of like what I've been kind of thinking about a lot with my parents and whatnot so I think when I'm thinking about health I'm thinking like oh what they're going through at the moment with their mm. their lives and their their friends and whatever so I think I maybe have a slightly more yeah. like negative viewpoint on it when actually getting older has only been positive for me so far yeah. so yeah I- I feel yeah. like weirdly there's this association with like youth and excitement and yes. we need to recreate that association with 
like being older and excitement yeah actually think about it if you phrase it the way you've both phrased it getting older looks like the best option like zero anxiety you've got your you're not worrying about oh i've got to find a life partner because you've probably already come to made peace with that decision you've got your money because you've been working for your career like why would you want to be why would you trade being in your early 20s for that when you're like fucking yeah i know a couple who are in their 60s and 70s who are going on a three-month-long cruise all around the world they go to 26 different countries in three months what is not to love about that shit (laughs) you're right i had a chat with someone yesterday and he said that someone died on a cruise they were on his parents (laughs) (laughs) it's not funny it's not funny but that's what i like literally yesterday why you would say that shit right now (laughs) please I don't want to be on a cruise. I'm sorry. I'm uh, like I'm happy. I'm happy for them, but I'm not going on a cruise. Apparently, it's really common. It's really common. A lot of people. Yeah, it's really 70, common. You're gonna think differently, Lucy. You're gonna want a cruise. Okay, I promise. <laughs> you're gonna want to be on a cruise. <laughs> Have you both watched um, the Triangle of Sadness? No. What the what? fuck is oh that? Oh my god. What no, is no, it? No. Sorry. It's my recommendation to all three listeners and you guys uh it's like i think it was like an oscar winner or an oscar nominee but it's a it's a film that it, there's a cruise in it it's a large part of the film but fuck, it's so good is it Sorry, funny I feel or like not sam would like it it's yeah it's like a very dark comedy oh um, okay yeah. would i like and it it's very cultural it's very it's like a it's almost like a satire like you know it's a bit like white lotus a little bit like white lotus oh, I'm watching i'm re-watching yeah. white lotus with sam at the moment we're loving the best it. yeah. it's so good it's so good and so magnificent um, before this becomes a film potty lols um let's let's call it a day i think i think we've talked Yay. enough um Thank we've all guys. aged by an hour in the process <laughs> And I've loved it. Life is only better. <laughs> Life is better. Life only gets better. What? Um, sorry. What, what were yeah. you going to say about what's going on behind the camera? You no, tell you the second. Can't. The whole point. The time was like the whole point is I can't tell you now because we're recording. And newsflash: we are still ah. recording. <laughs> Fine. You're leaving the listeners out on this, okay? <laughs> You'll post it, Tara. You'll post we'll, it. We'll, we'll tell you next story. week. We'll tell you yeah, next exactly. week. We'll, we'll, we'll tell you next <laughs> week. <laughs> we'll Come back. Um, so, just to, before before we say goodbye again, our usual plea: like and follow, like and subscribe. Uh, Instagram <laughs> at Close Friends, uh, at Move with Tara, at Lucy Mountain, at Sarah B. Um, tag us in story shares, please. We're begging yes. you. Um, two people did it last week, and. They're, they're now our, our, you know, best friends. So that's... Yeah, that's we love you. Thank you. That's, that's, do you remember we had a close friends list? On, we were going to do a close friends oh, like, yeah. list on the close friends account. That's uh, We had so much time and energy back then. When we're in Ibiza in June, let's do that. And then oh, anyone that tags yes. us, we can just add. Oh, we that. should do a live episode. Can we yes. do that? Yes. Like for a, your, a, your like, together for our live yes. You just cover it on cover it on close friends. I was actually I was actually wondering if we should do when we're all in London. I was wondering if we should do oh, a live. Oh, that's a good ad. idea. That's um, a good idea. I anyhow, like it. right, it's time right, let's to go. say goodbye. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, we love you. Bye, close friends. Thank Bye, you. guys. Bye. Bye.